Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Skinnell from Hightower Great Lakes. Tim, what's going on? Well, you know, it's still tax season. Tax season's over, but the accountants I work with tell me that it's still going on because everyone files extensions. So I just thought I would have one additional podcast where we kind of dive a little deep into a tax planning topic that clients come up with, um, and that's Social Security, you know, when to elect it and how it impacts taxes and how we plan for it. Well, this is a very good topic. The last I heard, and I don't quote me on the exact number. In fact, I'm not going to give you an exact number. But from what I understand for a married couple, there's over 500 different ways you can claim Social Security. That's, it doesn't surprise me. You yeah. know, I mean, we, as you know, one of the things we talk about is leveraging expertise. And, you know, in cases where we're talking about Medicare, Social Security, we oftentimes bring in people who just focus on that because there literally are so many choices and um, it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's complicated. It's a puzzle, just like everything else when it, when it comes to all the finances and working and putting things together. And this is why at the end of every show, we give your contact info out because people need to understand their own individual situation, their own individual circumstances um, and what works best and fits best for each part of their financial life. So we'll do that at the end, uh, audience, I promise that. Um, Tim, wh where do we start? I mean, you said this was kind of sparked by conversations with your clients because mainly because of taxes, right? Yeah, so everybody, or not everybody, a lot of my clients as they're approaching retirement, as they're approaching a point where they're going to exit their job, exit their business, one of the questions they'll ask is, when do I elect Social Security? And as you mentioned, there's there's 500 different options, I think, in the stat you you gave. Um, and not to digress, but there's been a lot of information this week, the last month, about artificial intelligence and, mm. you know, will AI uh, eliminate jobs and decisions? And, and, and I thought about that actually as we're preparing for the podcast, that this is one example where yeah, AI could really just throw somebody into the wrong um, choices because if you answer a question wrong or if you input the wrong information, you'll get bad information back. Um, so this is really one of these instances where you really need to reach out to somebody who does this every day. We do it all the time, but even we reach out to experts when it comes to Social Security, Medicare, and then we take all that information and we kind of put it into our models as far as tax planning. So I thought I'd kind of dive into that and talk about some of the kind of the key from a forest view, I should say, some of the key things that people need to think about as they're starting to approach this conversation. I love the, the fact that you brought up AI because um, years ago, and these were not AI, but there was, you know, you, you heard the scuttlebutt about robo-advisors, right? Robo-advisors yes. was a huge thing quite a few years ago. The, the issue, just like you said just now, it's, it's about what you input into it. People think the AI can do all sorts of things, but it's about the 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 input that you're putting in only. I mean, it, AI can start to ask you questions back, kind of, but it's all based on what you're inputting. So if 
if you're not sitting across from a human being that can that knows you well and has a relationship with you and knows kind of what your goals are because you've talked about them and you've just had personal conversations with they know to ask you questions that no ai or no robo advisor could possibly come up with because they know you as a person as a human being so i i love the fact that you brought that up because people think that there's an easy way and they can I don't know if it's just a lot of introverts out there in the world today uh, due to COVID and everything else that happened, but they don't want to have conversations and they are missing out on major, major benefits by having a personal conversation with somebody to find out truly what's going on and, and how you can help shape that. So I, I like that you brought that up. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of the software we use leverages uh, artificial intelligence, all kinds of other technology. And I think it's a good starting point to kind of sift through that, you know, if there are 500 choices, as you said, that maybe we sift down to 10 or something less than that. But ultimately, I agree with you, at least at this point, um, I think you really need to talk to a person who does this all the time. So I thought I would to kind of dive into what we think about and what you should think about as a listener as you're, you know, really starting to make these decisions. All right. And we have a full checklist on this, and maybe we could add this to the uh, podcast notes Um because we've got a, like a just two page summary that people can look at um, that covers some of these topics also. All right, let's do it. So the first question we we will typically get is, when is my full retirement? And I wish I could say it's just super simple, but um, it's based on the year that you were born. So if you were born 1960 or later, it's age 67. But if you're born prior to that, um, it just depends. Like for example, 1956, it's 66 and four months. So but there's a, it's a somewhere between 66 and 67, um, just depending on the year you're born. Um, so that's really the, the starting point that we talk to clients about. And then from there, um, we kind of dive into, well, you know, if I can get it at age 62, for example, if my full retirement's 67, but I'm 63 or 64 when I'm retiring, you know, should I take it now? And for example, if you're 64 years old, um, you know, you, you basically get 80% of your full retirement if you start electing now. And and that happens for life. So if you wait an extra three years, it's going to be 20% higher for life, but you have to balance that against cash flow needs, tax planning. Um, and the ultimate thing we never know about, right, is life expectancy. You mm -hmm. know, so they're using actuarial charts, they're based using statistics that are based on averages. Um, you know, we always talk to clients about, you know, is there longevity in your life? And sometimes I'll, they'll say, yeah, my, my parents, they're still alive. They're 102. Um, other, others will say no. And then individually you talk about, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not giving medical advice, but you talk about, you know, your medical kind of DNA or your history. So mm -hmm. the, the wild card that really requires a little guessing is really life expectancy um, but we can definitely look at the age, the percentage, et cetera, and kind of tell you at least what to expect. Um, and then we have software that basically can calculate the break even. In other words, if I take it now at 64 at 80% versus wait to 67 or go to 70, um, you know, what, what's my break even in terms of how long if I live? And we do that kind of stuff. Um, and the other real big factor as far as age basis or age valuation is it does impact your the benefit of your spouse if if you pass away and your spouse gets your benefits. So, for example, if that sixty four year old I mentioned, they get eighty percent, and you know, but if the spouse if you pass, 
your spouse benefit is 75%. So again, Eric, your job today is to keep me from diving too far into the weeds. But I just want to mention like step two is really, you know, looking at your age, looking at the benefit, the, the pros and cons of it, taking it early, waiting to 67, 70, et cetera. Yeah, that makes sense. And and so far, no weeds. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, and then the other one that we look at too, and this is important because oftentimes people will retire or lose their job or just leave work and um, maybe they're 62, 64, they're eligible to take. I, I met yesterday with a client who is 62 um, in a month and she was asking if it made sense for her to accept um, or to, to elect it now. But one of the things that impacts her and impacts other people who are retiring um, and electing it prior to full retirement age is that there's an earnings limit. So this is the, th the third piece that we look at. And in her case, she is retired, but there's a possibility that she will go back to work. Um, she's a nurse practitioner. And these days you can be a nurse practitioner. It's a great profession in general, but it's also a flexible profession in that you can work part-time, you can work in different locations, you can travel around the country. And so I, we said that so long as there's a possibility that she could go back to work um, until she's decided if she's fully retired, we recommended that you know she don't really make that election now because that will impact her ability. What happens is if you're under age, your full retirement age, there's an earnings limit and it's pretty low. Um, you know, if you're, that's, if you're making 60,000 a year, let's say for every dollar that you earn um, over the limit, they're basically going to take $3 away of your benefit. So the, without diving in the weeds again, what happens is we put the numbers in the soft, the software, if you're expecting to be working between, you know, 62 and 67, let's say, um, we want to evaluate how it impacts the social security with that earnings limitation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great that people want to work and, and I love that because again, sorry, we've talked about things before on this podcast where you've got somebody who retires and they, they want to continue working because it's, it's good for their health, for instance, or they're just bored and they want to do something else. Um, and there's not a, maybe a ton of opportunities to volunteer. So they go and, and, and want to do some additional work, but that's a huge consideration you just brought up. It, it really is. And it, it, I've had clients that, you know, elect it, then all of a sudden they go back to work. And then it, it's just really um, a lot of paperwork, a lot of a nightmare, not a nightmare, but a lot of work going back and forth with social security in order to make adjustments. Um, so we just like to make plans in general as flexible as possible. And mm -hmm. if there's a possibility, like I said, in the case yesterday, uh, that somebody might go back to work, we usually recommend they just wait and see. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the next thing we look at is what we call like the, what is the spousal benefit formula. So oftentimes um, one spouse has maybe worked longer or made more than the other. And as a result, their benefits may be higher than the other spouse or lower. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of instances where, you know, somebody might've taken time off to raise kids or stepped out of the, the job market, come back in. Um, so we always want to look at spousal benefits. If in other words, what happens if, we take both of your social security forecasts, and then if something happens to one of you, uh, what what elections are available? So, for example, you know, somebody might consider retiring and accepting collecting social security at age sixty five, let's say, but then going through the software, going through the analysis, they determine that 
for the rest of their life if they die first, that impacts their spousal benefit. That's a really big consideration. So mm-hmm. um, we always recommend that people consider spousal benefits and run the numbers. And then there's also you know benefits to children. If if you have children who are like 18 and 19 or younger, if you have children with disabilities, which we have clients who do, that's also a very big factor. I have a client now where we're doing the, we did the evaluation a couple months ago and we looked at it and we decided to wait and to actually all the way out to age 70 to collect because they really look at their family plan um, as a protection mechanism for one of their children, one of their kids who uh, will need spe- who has special needs. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the lifeline of not just this couple we're working with, but their son or daughter, um, that impacts their ability to provide for the special needs child. So in that case, um, the deci- that was the primary decision maker. It was really the, the benefit to children. So again, not to dive into the weeds too much, but we want to make sure we're considering all the people you want to help, all the people you want to benefit when you're, we're putting together your plan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Again, I, I just think that any any parent, right, is going to they're going to be putting their kids first as much as possible, and 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 you know, as far as spouses, the ones that I know, I want to put my spouse first. She wants to put me first, so we we would need to go through all these things. Absolutely, yeah. And then the next consideration we look at, we getting back to the kind of the topic we covered in a previous podcast, but also I mentioned earlier is that taxation. One of the things that people don't realize uh, as they're starting to collect and starting to receive Social Security is that it's taxed, um, and a lot of it can be taxed. So, for example, if you're single and your combined income is over 34000 so if you take your adjusted gross income plus you add in things like tax-exempt income, if that total is over 34000 or married filing jointly over $44,000, um, up to 80% of that Social Security benefit is taxed. And I mentioned that because a lot of times, especially in the first year, when people start to collect Social Security, they may not be asking Social Security to withhold any taxes because they're just not mm-hmm. aware of it. Mm-hmm. And then they have to write a big check uh, come tax time, and it, they get really frustrated, understandably. Yeah, absolutely. So when we put together our tax planning models, we always want to make sure that you know, we calculate or factor in the tax on Social Security based on where they are, but we also look at how can we minimize taxable income in order to minimize the tax on that Social Security benefit too. So it becomes a real big part of the equation when we're looking at things. Yeah. So going back to um, having, do people have to tell Social Security every time? I mean, when, when you sign up for it, I'm assuming you have to do it. They're not going to prompt you to, to do it, withhold tax or anything? Um. Sometimes they, they do prompt you to answer okay. that question, but a lot of times people just don't pay attention and or uh, they may not get prompted yeah. or they may just not realize how much tax will be paid. This is more likely. Mm-hmm. They just think there's not going to be a lot of tax due on it. And so they figure they'll just work it out later. Yeah. Um, any number of reasons why they might not have made the election, but even if they don't make the election, like one of the things we do is we when we manage money for clients, uh, oftentimes we'll manage the tax paying process. So if you're making quarterly estimated payments in retirement, you know, we're processing those payments for you. And when we do that, we factor in social security um, so that you don't have a big surprise and have to write a big check at the end of the year. Yeah. Nobody likes that kind of surprise. Yes. 
Now, the the thing that we I have found in the last couple of years that really irritates clients is that Medicare premiums. So when you elect Social Security, you're also going to be paying these Part B um, and possibly Part D premiums for Medicare. And this typically comes out of um, right out of your Social Security benefits. So you might have a notification that you're getting, let's say, $2,500 a month from Social Security. Um, we've factored in what the taxes will be. Um, but what a lot of times people don't really factor in what the Medicare uh, premiums will be, and they vary based on your income. And so, for example, this is, I'll just give you an example of how it really impacts people. So oftentimes when you retire, um, let's say you retired in 2023 and you were owed back vacation, maybe there's a, a bonus or severance. Oftentimes there's deferred compensation and uh, you might have a really big tax year in 2023, but we're planning for you know lower taxes maybe in 2024 going forward uh, because of the tax planning we do in retirement. Well, what happens is if, for example, your income is you know $97,000 or less and you're married filing jointly, for example, the Medicare premium you will pay monthly is about $165. But it could be as high as $560. I mean, it depending on if your income is higher. And what happens is your income in 2023 is reported in 24 and it impacts your Medicare premium in 25. And that's the thing that people don't really realize is that whatever you're showing as income now is going to really hammer you in terms of your Medicare premium for the next two years, actually. So this is really a big thing that shocks people. And this is a big factor that we always want to really uh, work out up front and just warn people and, and tax plan for. Because if we can help you minimize taxable income in the year you retire or exit from your business, that'll save you Medicare premiums going forward for the next couple of years at least. So I, I not to dive into it too much, but this is one that listeners should really be aware of and focus on and talk about with their advisors um, before they, you know, as they're doing their evaluation about retirement. Because as you can imagine, that extra $400 a month, $4,800 a year, um, that's a lot, right? Yeah, that's a lot. All right, what's next? So, and the last part is really, we have a very, I, call it, I joke, I call it a technical term, but when we do overall tax planning, cash flow planning, and if you're retiring in 2024, for example, we're spending a lot of time in 2023 preparing for it. You know, we just call it uh, buckets and brackets. What we like to do is, is look at all the different buckets, sources of income, maybe a pension, social security, annuities, maybe um, distributions from retirement accounts, uh, severance, uh, vacation, or if you plan to work. Like, So I, I'll just give you an example. I had a client who retired at the end of 2021. So in 2022, um, that was a year where there was some vacation pay. There was some deferred comp paid out through the company. There was a bonus. Um, it was a really big tax year. In addition, as he exited from the business, uh, he started a consulting practice. And the consulting practice was unusually and, and excitingly very successful immediately. Nice. Oftentimes it takes a couple of years or a while to get that going. And the question became, you know, all this consulting income in that year where he had such a big tax year is just piled onto it. So we kind of created these, what we call these little buckets. We, you know, here's a tax on this, on that, 
And then how can we minimize the tax on these by by leveraging the brackets, the tax brackets in order to minimize taxes? Um, and so we're able to like push some passive income into the future. We're able to set up a retirement plan for the consulting income to kind of shelter most of that and kind of push that into the future. And what that does is it minimizes taxes in that first year and kind of defers it out into the future, hopefully when you're in a lower bracket. So it's really just kind of a an example of how you need to approach this. Um, if you're planning to retire, you really need to be planning a year ahead of time at least to mm-hmm. look at the different sources of income, how they're going to impact taxes. Are you going to be working or like this client I mentioned you know, doing some consulting or going back into nursing. Um, and how is that going to impact how you select Social Security? And as you get as getting back to your point, Eric, in the beginning where you said, you know, there's 500 choices. Well, when you factor in all these additional things that each individual has, and each individual is so different, there's probably more than 500 for sure. And uh, we try to account for as much of those as we can. Yeah, it... it... It's almost like a shell game in a way that, that especially that last section that you were talking about it's, it. If you don't know, if you don't know the the different, and not, we're not going to call them loopholes because they're not necessarily loopholes, but the different strategies, there we go, strategies that can be utilized for whatever particular situation you're in, business owner, non-business owner, you know, married, non-married, whatever. If you just don't know, then you lose, you lose the game, period, Right. That's yeah. how I look at it. I, I, I think I, I used to know the how many pages were in the tax code too, and maybe you know that better than I do. But no, no I don't. tens of thousands, if I'm not mistaken. It's like who who would possibly understand all that? So then you add this complexity, this layer with Social Security and how that's going to affect everything. Again, you got to know somebody who knows the rules of the game can teach you or. Come on, let's just be honest. Let's have them play the game for you. <laughs> if I could pay somebody to play poker for me all day and win all day, heck yeah, I'd, I'd pay him all day. <laughs> no, it, it's it's big. And, you know, we've, we've started working, there have instances where I've started working with a client where after they retired and after they've made some of these elections, um, I, several years ago, I worked with one out in California and, you know, he it turns out he was in the top federal tax bracket. He had local and state taxes. And so all this additional income he elected was being taxed at 53% combined. I mean, so he was keeping 47%. He was paying out of 53 and he was not happy, understandably. Now, it was too late for us to really solve the issue for that year, but we were able to do some tax planning for the years going forward. But the point is it's it's really expensive and you can... It's, you know, we've said it before, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Um, you really need to have a plan. You need to make that plan flexible. And you need to partner with advisors who do this every day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm not smart enough to to know everything. So we reach out and we have partners that we come in and experts that we bring in to, to serve our clients also. So just consider all sources, all taxes, be flexible, but look at the big picture and just make sure that you have a plan before you jump into it. Absolutely. And here's the first part of the plan, in my opinion. Call Tim, email Tim, <laughs> Thank go to you. the website, yeah, whatever it is, because uh, you got to know somebody who knows the rules of the game. And mm-hmm. like you said, if, if there's certain rules that you may not be familiar with, Tim, you're bringing in the expert who knows the rules. So um, you've got a deep bench of folks that you work with. So that's great. How do people reach out to you? What's the best way? 
So anybody can always reach out to me and call at 219-531-4941 or send me an email at tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com and I'll be glad to answer questions, help you out, or at least at the very least send you the checklist we have as it relates to Social Security, taxes, and Medicare. Perfect. Perfect. Tim, thank you so much. Great show today. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it, Eric, as always. You bet. And our last thank you will go to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the WellStream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Associates, LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Great Lakes and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates, make no representations or warranties express or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. Hightower Great Lakes and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity's specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.